Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode of the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast, I feature Isolde Brillmeyer. She is an assistant professor in the Department of Photography, Imaging, and Emerging Media at New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, where she focuses on contemporary art, global visual culture, as well as media and immersive technology as platforms within which to rethink storytelling and the politics of representation. She is also the inaugural curator at large at the International Center of Photography, ICP, and previously oversaw the arts and cultural programming at the Oculus at Westfield World Trade Center. Isolde has written extensively on contemporary art and culture and is the author of Culture as Catalyst, published in 2020. She has served as curator at several institutions, including the Guggenheim Museum and the Bronx Museum. Among her distinctions, she has received fellowships from the Mellon and Ford Foundation, as well as the Social Science Research Council. She serves on the board of trustees of the new museum, as well as the Women's Prison Association. Isolde holds a PhD from Columbia University and lives in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast and enjoy this episode featuring Isolde Brillmeyer. Isolde, I am so excited to feature you on my Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. Thank you and welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Phyllis. It's great to be here. So let's get started with you sharing with us, when did you recognize your love for the visual arts? So that's a a really great question. And it actually, I think, goes back to my childhood in Seattle. Uh, I am a proud product of the Seattle uh, public schools. And at the time, they placed a very strong emphasis on the arts. Seattle is a big art city, particularly in terms of theater. And so I was really fortunate to go to schools really beginning at a very young age uh, that uh, took us on field trips to all of the various museums around the city. Um, We used to go to a place called the Poncho Theater, and we used to see very shortened abridged versions of Shakespeare. Um, You know, we would go to poetry slams at the Langston Hughes Cultural Center. Um, It was was really a a kind of very early introduction into the arts in general. And then, uh, Phyllis, I know you and I have sort of chatted on and off, and uh, I have a, a background as a dancer. I started dancing when I was seven and uh, with Civic Northwest Ballet School in Seattle and really danced all the way up through my mid-20s. But I think my experience and love of dance 
links very much up to the other art forms that I mentioned, whether it's theater, whether it's visual arts. Um, and so I think it's, there's sort of a natural kind of connection from um, dance, from performance to thinking about uh, the visual arts, contemporary art in particular, and even my, my practice as a curator, because we're really talking about presentation, we're talking about ideas, we're talking about storytelling, and we're talking about audiences. So there's a real kind of natural uh, link there, I think. And what, what do you enjoy most about what you do? You curate, you teach, research, being a leader. What, what do you enjoy the most? There's so many things that I enjoy <laughs> think about what I do. I mean, I, I, I have to say one of, one of my mottos, whether it's uh, related to facing challenges or just sort of related to the joy of work, is that it's not necessarily always about the work, but it is always about the people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love what I do because of the people I get to do it with. So in terms of curating, I really enjoy working with artists and um, thinking through their work and their vision and how we can partner to kind of create a platform that honors their vision. And then, uh, you know, of course, then shares that vision, that, that work, their artwork with the public. Um, you know, working in a museum context, you have a very, very broad team and collaborating with, you know, all of those, those people um, on programs, on exhibitions. Uh, so yeah, the people for me are paramount, uh, really central. Uh, I always, I, I also, you know, I'm very much uh, a project person in that I love thinking about a project, uh, either sort of how to build upon an existing project or initiative or how to start one and kind of create it from the ground up. There's something really fulfilling um, about building and, and, and creating. Um, and then I think it's also, um, you know, you mentioned the leadership piece just in terms of um, working with people, uh, supporting people uh, to be their, their, their best selves, um, you know, thinking about how to inspire people um, how to support them in uh, bringing their ideas and, and, and visions to life. I find that incredibly um, fulfilling. So, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, I do what I do because I, because I love it. Love so, it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful to have that type of career. And what type of relationships do you have with artists and how do they inspire you? You know, artists are that's sort of the, the core of, of my work, I think, right? As a, as a curator, as, um, um, you know, a scholar or a writer, um, you know, sometimes I have worked with artists whom I am not that uh, familiar with as people. Obviously, I've followed their work and, um, you know, that's a really wonderful process of getting to know uh, someone, getting to know an artist, getting to know their work even more in that process of working together. Uh, and then there are artists that I'm just very close with. You know, many of us have, um, particularly here in the New York art world, and I, I guess I say that because there are many, many art worlds, I think, um, globally. Uh, but there are so many of us that have kind of come up through the art world together, particularly as, as, as black and brown folks um, in the New York art world. Uh, 
uh, where we sort of started out, uh, you know, as either, you know, young curators or coming out of grad school or young artists coming out of school or just sort of starting to kind of build our careers. And we've all kind of in a way grown up together. And for those artists, you know, I have much deeper relationships because I have that history with them. Um, but either way, it, it, it's such a joy, I think, to, uh, to, to work with artists. And, you know, I really think artists see the world in a very unique way. I mean, each in, you know, his or her, their own um, unique and, and, and special way. And it's really wonderful to, to, to be close to somebody like that, to work with somebody like that, and to kind of view the world through their lens and through the lens of their, of their artwork. And, and early in your career, do you recall if there was a particular artist or any artist that influenced you? Well, I can think of a lot of, um, you know, early, early in my career, I would say I would go back to even when I was a dancer. Um, there were a number of dancers that um, really in, in, inspired me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was coming up in the, in the dance world, specifically ballet and modern, uh, there were not that many dancers. And... Um, so I had people that I looked up to, and I also had mentors. The late Cabby Mitchell, who was uh, a soloist at Pacific Northwest Ballet, was just an incredible mentor and um, really like family uh, to me. And then I would look to sort of the broader, um, you know, world of, of dance. And I thought about Maria Tallchief, who is um, one of the only um, kind of early indigenous uh, ballerinas um, who danced in New York City Ballet, or Lourdes Lopez. Um, you know, all uh, uh, women of color um, who really inspired me. So um, I think it's so important um, to, to, to have uh, an example, to have a, a sort of model. Um, they don't even necessarily need to be a mentor, but to, to have something that you look to um, that really stands for a possibility, right? Um, you know, that stands for uh, a, a dream that you, um, that you can see is attainable. Um, and then when I shift to, you know, the contemporary art space, uh, you know, my uh, kind of inspirations and, and, and um, you know, the, the, the people that I think that have supported me or really uh, kind of laid the groundwork um, on which I walk literally and figuratively um, <laughs> are, are so many. So, uh, I'm, and, and they're not just artists. You know, I'm very, very uh, grateful uh, to Dr. Deborah Willis, who um, I have been, um, you know, colleagues with, friends with. Uh, she's been a mentor. She herself is a, is a really renowned scholar and, and, and artist. Um, and, of course, Thelma Golden, who is um, really a trailblazer um, and has... Um, just uh, sort of led by example for all of us. And, and you know, I, I just feel very uh, indebted to her and um, really inspired by all that she has not only achieved, but also done for so many of us. Um, and then, you know, there, there are incredible artists uh, out there as well who, again, I mean, I think, I, I really think about this notion of the trailblazer because I think as a, as a young black curator and scholar, and now someone who's a bit more uh, established, you know, I'm, I'm walking on ground that was laid by, um, by many others. Um, and and that, that work was um, not easy. Um, 
when, when that groundwork was laid. So I think about artists like um, Carrie Mae Weems, who is just, you know, still just, you know, on fire and, and so multidimensional in her practice and her, um, you know, her, her being. Um, Lorraine O'Grady, who has a wonderful exhibition currently up here at the Brooklyn Museum, who is just uh, incredibly, um, you know, prolific. Uh, I mean, there are just so many, so many um, artists, I think, that inspire me that, um, or inspired me, especially when I was younger and kind of coming up, uh, that I really look to um, uh, as, as showing me what was possible. Yeah. What a privilege, huh? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, can you, you it's, it really is. Yeah. So let's talk about the world we live in today. How do you feel the Black Lives Matters movement will impact the mission of art institutions going forward? And if you could also comment on what you feel is the role of the trustee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, what a year um, that we uh, lived through last year and what a moment we are still living through. Um, uh, and I say this with a lot of humility because I know that there has been and still is, you know, a lot of loss, loss of life, loss of work, loss of hope, um, you know, loss of health. So I'm very, um, humble when I, when I say this, uh, but it was, it was a really, um, wild year, uh, I think globally. And then I think, you know, that's sort of at the macro level. And then I think we can look, um, you know, at the micro level in so many different spaces, sectors. And I think when we look at, uh, the arts, you know, the combination of, uh, the pandemic of the murder of George Floyd and so many others, uh, black and brown and, uh, trans folks, um, when we look at the election and kind of the turmoil uh, that we experienced going through the election in this country, and we should be mindful because there were many, many uh, tense elections around the world last year during this pandemic. And you think about like, how did all of this impact the arts, right? Well, a lot of artists um, uh, were out of work, um, out of home, out of um, like so many, not even just artists, out of studios. Um, the opportunities to present work, to engage um, with others about work um, were uh, uh, minimized, I think, initially at first. Of course, you know, then we all moved into Zoom land or many of us, but it really took a toll, right? And when we think about how much of a role art played for so many of us within the context of the pandemic in particular, um, you, we think about the, the importance of the visual in the racial justice. Um, it's, it's really significant, right? So many of us spent time watching movies, reading books, listening to music. I mean, these are all really important art forms. And when you talk about it, a, a city like New York, um, you know, the arts and culture really form, you know, much of the core of the city. Um, you know, people come here to, 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 to live out their dreams, to be artists, to see art, to listen to music, to make films, to watch films, to write. Um, 
So, you know, that's, uh, it's really, I think, quite significant. And and I think um, that impact is, is, has also not been lost or did not miss art institutions, right? Specifically museums. Um, There was already, I think, a big shift uh, occurring or uh, a shift that needed to occur in museums. And I think over the course of the last year, you saw a lot of that. Um, You saw museums and in particular uh, people in leadership positions in museums being called out for inappropriate behavior or um, funding coming from questionable sources or whatever it may be. Um, And uh, people were were really taken to task. And I think it's still happening. Um, And I think it signals the need for some major um, transformative and structural work and change that needs to occur. I mean, at the end of the day, museums are institutions. They are structures and systems, um, uh, and, you know, much like uh, uh, other structures and systems in other sectors. And um, they, structures and systems exist in part because they don't change as, as, as rapidly. They're not as fluid. They don't necessarily respond as quickly to, um, you know, the world in which they're situated. So, uh, I think we're, we're we're seeing a lot of um, a lot of that occur right now. You know, in the spaces of art institutions, from a staffing um, standpoint, um, from a sort of you know quote unquote rules and regulations and 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 policies standpoint, um, from a content standpoint in terms of what kinds of exhibitions they do with what kinds of artists, what kinds of programming, um, from a PR and marketing standpoint, you know, in terms of the messaging around particular uh, things that are occurring within the museum, but also even outside of the museum. Um, so I think the impact was, uh, uh, the impact is significant, but I, I think we're just, we're really just beginning to see, um, you know, some of those, those shifts. I think there's still uh, a lot of work that needs to be done and that will be done. Yes, it's promising and exciting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, change is a scary thing, right? But it's necessary. It's necessary. And, and good can come from it. <laughs> so Absolutely. Yep. Do you feel Black art can be defined? So, Phyllis, that's, um, you know, I think a really interesting question. And I have to say, you know, you almost have to break it uh, into two parts. Can blackness be defined and can art be defined? And I would I would probably say no to both. I think uh, so much of that I want to leave um, open and up to artists themselves. Um, artists are people, obviously, as we know, and, and they have and should have the um, right um, to define who they are and how they see themselves and how they want to move through the world and what kind of work they put out into the world. They obviously don't control how people kind of take it in and, and, and interpret it. Um, and I think some of it can also be left up to audiences, right, in terms of how they look at work and what they think about it and how they frame it for themselves and, you know, frame it for others, whether it's a sort of, you know, a general museum goer or a scholar, um, you know, we can look at uh, a work, um, you know, four different people can look at a work and you can have four very, very different interpretations. Um, and if you tell all of those four people that the work is actually intended to be X or defined as Y, I imagine, you know, you would have a nice um, sort of dynamic debate that, 
that could possibly ensue. So I'm sort of less interested in definitions in the context of art and black art in the art world. I'm more interested in really, you know, supporting the artists, amplifying their vision and work, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of promoting what they're doing. Um, you know, that, that's, that, those are sort of the action points, I think, that I'm kind of more focused on uh, and, and very much less so in sort of defining. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure definitions get us very far um, in this context. I appreciate that perspective. Mm -hmm. What do you feel is the purpose of art? The purpose of art? Um, so there, you know, it's so funny, Phyllis. These are all these are all questions that that um, that you know are you know, open to so many different um, answers <laughs> or interpretations. I think art is meant to inspire and provoke and challenge. Um, I think it is. Um, it can be um, all of these things. It can uh, be intended to please. It can be intended to um, um, surprise. Um, it, uh, you know, it, it's doesn't always have to be the most pleasant experience, but I will say the idea of, um, of inspiring, of challenging us to think about things differently, to see things differently, to see the world differently, um, to share with one another thoughts and ideas. Um, I think art is, is, is it, it really kind of in a sort of very general abstract way is sort of can be the impetus for, for, for all of that. But I don't think it has one particular purpose. So in your, your current position, you're working more with photography as an art medium. Do you feel photography versus let's say a painting has a different impact on a viewer's perspective? Hmm. Um, you know, again, I can't speak for, for, for all viewers and sort of the impact of what it is that they're, looking at, but I can tell you, I think photography is definitely one of the more accessible of, uh, of, of sort of visual art forms. Um, you know, I think particularly today where we live in a sort of visually driven image world, um, you know, uh, where we're really inundated uh, by images, I think uh, Many people understand what a photograph, what an image is. I think an abstract painting for some may be more challenging, but it's not to say that it wouldn't have an impact. But I do think photography is an accessible form of, um, uh, of, of visual culture. And I do think that in part, because so many have access to the, their own making of, of photography, of photographs, of images, right? Whether it's using the smartphone or an iPad or, you know, your laptop, um, there's, there's a, just a level of familiarity, I think, that photography offers uh, for folks. And then, of course, you think about how the photograph circulates in so many different contexts. So we've got art photography, there's photojournalism, there's documentary, there's fashion um, and editorial. Um, so it's, 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 uh, I think it's an incredibly useful um, um, and impactful uh, uh, tool or vehicle of, 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 of communication um, as well as art. Do, do you have an opinion on how technology has impacted photography? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I and when I say photography, I really actually like to stretch it further and really, um, you know, uh, kind of utilize uh, the notion of image making and visual culture. Because, you know, when we think of photography, I think there's a sense of kind of, you know, straight, quote unquote, traditional photography. But, you know, images are created in so many different ways and so many different formats now. Um, including uh, through the use of technology. So again, whether that's, you know, using, um, you know, uh, a smartphone, um, you know, I have grown over the last several years, very, very interested in the use, uh, the way in which artists are using um, AI, um, so VR and AR and the way they're using uh, images uh, uh, and combining those images with sort of experiential components. Um, so I definitely think there's the impact there. And of course, just thinking about the way in which cameras themselves and image making tools have evolved, you know, through the, through the sort of advent and, and evolution of, of, of technology um, so that you have, um, you know, uh, instruments that are so kind of high tech and fine tuned, you know, that, that you can use as artists to generate images. Um, so there's a, a, a sort of undeniable relationship between, between images and photography and, and technology for sure. I'm always amazed at how it has impacted our world in general. Um, this has been a fabulous conversation and I'm going to end it by asking you one more oh, question. Oh, my <laughs> what are you excited about now? You know, I'm excited about a lot of things in life in general, Phyllis. I will say that I'm really, um, I feel hopeful and I'm really um, looking forward to seeing uh, how we move forward um, out of the, the you know, uh, pandemic. And I know that's uh, coming ever so slowly but how we as people, as creatives, as artists uh, move forward, um, come, you know, kind of back, so to speak, how we choose to reconnect, um, whether that's with one another, whether that's with um, art and artists, uh, and whether that's with museums, um, and, and kind of what sort of world um, we choose to create, uh, given, um, you know, this past year and a half, uh, um, it, I, I feel really excited about that. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns, but I, I'm actually okay with that. I feel, um, just kind of along for the ride and hope to, to play a role, uh, in, in some way or another in this sort of new future, um, that I hope, uh, uh, we will, um, all be committed to creating. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's exciting. It's, uh, I think people are appreciating life differently. Exactly, exactly. Yes. To be continued. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Phyllis. It's been really lovely to speak with you and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.